You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On College Football, the weekly podcast that highlights the biggest stories in the college football world. Each Monday, you'll have me, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On Tar Heels, leading this talented team. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On College Football from anywhere. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We got a little Texas talk with Patrick Kahn, host of Locked On Longhorns. He's going to talk new hires, potential for the team as they go into the new season, the coveted coaching role that is the University of Texas. We're going to talk about that more in depth and the possible new opportunities on the horizon for Mr. Pat. Might get a little surprise at the end. You just never know how we're feeling today on this show. So let's jump right on into it. Happy Monday. Pat, how is it going? It's going. You know, it's uh, it's been a crazy time. Uh, you know, just the last three weeks have been nuts. Uh, sure. Just, just talk about the 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 bowl game, the way that transpired. And then shortly thereafter, we find out Tom Herman's been fired and then the coaching start, the <laughs> coaching search begins. And it's just like, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You were spot on when it came to Tom Herman. You said the AD's message was, didn't give you comfort in feeling like Tom's job was secure. What really made you feel like Tom had to go? I think Tom had to go for a variety of reasons. We'll just start from the top. Uh, Recruiting uh, was huge. Uh, You know, kind of after he began, he had a top three class in 2018, his first full year as head coach. 2019, he followed it up with another number three class. Very talented. He followed that up. It started to slip down to 10. And then the 2021 class slipped down to 17. We're talking about rankings here, the 24-7 rankings. Right. So you're seeing that decline, right? But they thought that they could turn it around, and they got a commitment from the number one recruit in the class, in Quinn Ewers, and he lost him. And he proceeded to lose a bunch of other players. Uh, uh, Bowman, uh, he ended up going to Oklahoma. It was a mass exodus of recruiting. That was the first Mm -hmm. issue. And then you look on the field. They lost to a TCU football team they should never lose to. Never lose. <laughs> um, I And I say that knowing full well that TCU has owned Texas since they right. joined the Big 12. <laughs> but there's no reason that they should. Sure, Texas is a far more talented team, and you could say a couple plays here and there, and they don't lose that game. But they did. They followed up with Oklahoma. They're playing Oklahoma in a down year for them. They had just lost two straight. They're playing a – it's a redshirt freshman, but he was essentially a freshman quarterback. He had never started before. Mm-hmm. And they lost that game. And then they proceeded to lose to Iowa State down the road. Three losses, not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. You look at a record and go, six, um, six and three after nine games is not terrible. Right. The expectation level was so much higher for Texas. I felt like the only thing that they could do to fix this was to move Tom Herman out of the head coaching spot. And we've heard reports coming out ever since about the type of person that Tom Herman was behind closed doors. And I'm not going to put those reports out there because obviously the sites that 
produce those sites. They're behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away the content. But I will say that Tom Herman wasn't the person that he was perceived to be. Okay. So I'm- it was a culture. It was a culture thing. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was it was an it was a toxic environment. Gotcha. There you go. And so they decided to move on. And the reason why I felt that, and like I said on there, when when he came out, I'm talking about Chris Del Conte, the athletic director, came out and mm-hmm. said, "He's our coach." I knew right then and there it was over. <laughs> Should was, he have said he's our coach of the future or he's our coach moving forward? Was it just words that you didn't hear from Del Conte that made you say, yeah, he's out? Yeah, it was not what he said. Mm-hmm. It was what he didn't say. Okay. Um, he is our head coach. For how long? And I made the comment to you when yeah. we did the show. I said, he's our head coach. What, until you sign your recruiting class? Guess what? As soon as they sign the recruiting class, bingo, he gone. <laughs> and so, or right after the bowl game, which we, I, I felt it was coming. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because of what I didn't hear. I didn't hear any sort of, he's our head coach for next season. Now I heard reports say, oh, well, I spoke with Del Conte and he said, um, going into next season. Okay, well. Del Conte is one of those people that he will use certain media outlets to put a message out there, you know, to kind of, I think it was to calm people down. Sure. But those of us in the media who covered the beat and covered the team, we knew better. We knew what was coming. And that was Tom Herman being gone. And now it's Steve Sarkeesian's show. (laughs) Now, it seemed like a quick turnaround. Do you think that Steve was always kind of having those buds buzzword conversations or those you know behind the scenes like hey when we do this move we want you so are you ready and committed to like make that move with us the from my understanding they were talking to steve sarkeesian while tom herman was still the head coach okay uh weeks uh i'm talking like after the season was over they were waiting for their bowl game uh it was my understanding that the conversations began then oh wow that's that's pretty it's pretty soon (laughs) yeah and and so when they had the bowl game in Dallas uh, playing against Notre Dame, uh, Texas people were in Dallas mm-hmm. to talk to Sarkeesian. And you saw how quickly right after that he's named the head coach. So um, I think it was already in play. I think that was just the, the final conversation. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to take, take over Texas? You know, I thought it was interesting because uh, they, they did a quick meeting like afterwards. And they were talking to Steve Sarkeesian. And he shared a story about a conversation with his father. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, you know, so many years ago when he faced Texas, when he was a member of the USC staff, and he said, that's the job I want. And his father reminded him of that mm-hmm. when he thought he was going to get the job. So it's almost like this was like the perfect storm for Steve Sarkeesian. We know the story. We know the background of what he went through the rehabilitation he did with with Nick Saban, why he turned down jobs like Auburn, Colorado. But with Texas, it's like you said, you just can't say no. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, do you feel like the University of Texas head coaching position is still one of the most coveted positions in college football? I think it's a top three job. Okay. Top three. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Texas. That's my top three. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I think it's still a top job, and, and 
uh, a coach that you're very familiar with will will tell you that in, in Mac Brown. He'll tell you it's a, it's a, one of the top jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think, yeah, I, I think it, it was one of those jobs where I think, I think we all know the conversations that we heard or talked about a lot was Urban Meyer, right? And somebody would say, how does, how does Urban Meyer turn that down? But Steve Sarkeesian can't. I think it's simple. I think in the way that college football is evolving, I don't think Urban Meyer wanted any part of it. Mm, true. When, when we're talking about, you know, you could talk about the name image likeness rules, the, the, the new transfer portal rules. I don't think he wanted to deal with that. Understandable. I think when you're old school mindset, it's hard to just switch gears and be like more open to opportunities when you're so used to sucking money drive from players and their, you know, athletic performances, but I digress. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, and I get that. And I'm not going to bash the guy for doing it because obviously right. I, I think that's part of it. I think the other part was he cared too much about his legacy, yeah. which I, I don't uh, fault him for it. But I, you know, I think he, he didn't want to, in the, I guess the way that he stepped down and everything at Ohio State, I don't think he wanted to step back into that and deal with the backlash and going to the NFL is a different thing. So, you know, and maybe it works better for him. Maybe he doesn't have the pressure that he had in college football, having to recruit and all these other things. There's people around to take care of that. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to dive more into the conversation about Steve Sarkeesian, what you think about the coach and what he'll bring to Texas. I have a few questions that I'm very interested to hear your thoughts and opinions on. But first, I got to know, did you know that two out of three guys will experience some of the some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps. You can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy, checkout lines, and awkward doctor, doctor's visits. Keeps offers generic versions. Of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there, you may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. And prevention is key. Key keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatment starts at just $10 a month. Plus for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Now, if you're going to have keeps, have your hair treatment going well, you might as well look good, feel good, and bet good. So there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Again, use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with 
all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, again, joined with Patrick Kahn to talk a lot on Longhorns. We got Texas doing big things out here with their new hire, and Steve Sarkeesian came from Alabama, won a championship, and which on the next plane smoking to Austin. Everyone's feeling good about him, and I will say you're bringing on a coach who has cleaned himself up. Obviously, there was rumors about Tom not being, I guess, the most upstanding guy, but you, everyone feels like Steve is the, a change man always here for good. So why, I want to know, was he fresh out the gate saying that the team and their, his crew will definitely be singing the Eyes of Texas song after all the controversy? I think he got some bad advice, <laughs> um, personally. And I, when they asked the question, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, and, and it's one of those things, I don't like to touch the topic at all. Yeah. I hate it because I understand why – players don't want to sing it i absolutely i get it 100 percent. and i i i kind of felt like when i heard that i was like somebody gave this man some bad advice to, to say what he said uh so hopefully there's a lot of conversation going on behind closed doors as they try to figure out one way or the other what they're gonna do see uh, i also felt like it was okay upon signing that line there was a booster somebody called him like congrats but make sure you reiterate the fact that these boys are gonna sing this song it could. I mean, I think you could be dead on there. I think somebody said, hey, uh, we need you singing this song. And, you know, if I was the one on the phone with, with Steve, I'd be like, avoid this. Like, hey, that'll be a conversation behind closed doors with the team, with, you know, the staff. Uh, I would say avoid it right now because uh, you don't need that distraction right now where you're trying to build or finish out your 2021 recruiting class and punched on the 2022 and, and get ready to install a whole new system at the 100%. university of Texas. Yeah. And when you're also talking about guys who are old school, Nick Saban, you know, is one who's been a pillar of college football. He was still with his players this past off season, marching and doing what have you. So to me, I would say that Steve could hopefully get on that page and learn a little bit. Like this is a new era, new age where we can just try and be more, let's listen to our players perspective. And I think that'll also help grow the recruiting aspect of Texas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Texas and recruiting is a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I say that because Texas kind of recruits itself, uh, given the fact that they're one of the top schools sure. you know, in college football history. They're one of, I think, seven teams with 900 career wins. So, I mean, they know all about winning and all that. But I think Steve Sarkis is only going to, I guess, kind of kick it a little bit, wake it up. Um, so yeah, but I think the recruiting will be there and, and, and once Steve and his staff get in there and start rubbing elbows with some of these guys, I think, I think it'll start coming their way. I mean, they already kind of saw that before Steve even stepped foot in Austin. Yeah. Armani Winfield, one of the top wide receivers in the state. Right. He recruited by halftime after he saw what Devonta Smith did in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Steve's going to be able to sell these kids with that offense. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I want to know, though, like at the end of the day, how much has the past, I guess I would say four to five years of Texas really put a damper on the recruiting process? Because yes, while Steve might be this new breath of fresh air, at the end of the day, you're like, what has really changed about the university 
you know, you put, you know, lipstick on a pig. Is it still like Texas is still trying to find its way? They're still trying to improve all these things. Or can they say this is extremely, you know, a fresh start and everything moving forward is going to be improvement? I think it's going to be improvement because, you know, when when you listen to Steve Sarkeesian talk and where his focus is, you know, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he talked about, I'm going to build a relationship with these kids. He goes, I want to have a great foundation for them. He goes, I want them to do well. And he said, not just on the football field, I want them to do well in the classroom and community service and wherever they go in life. You know, it's all about building relationships. So that was kind of like a a breath of fresh air because he feels, it seems like he's genuine, right? You don't think that it, he doesn't come off as the head coach that's putting up this facade of you know caring about the kids when all he really cares about is winning football games right with steve you get a guy who and i felt like when you listen to him talk there's this vulnerability about him Mm -hmm. and you know he and he's very open about hey i i dealt with demons you know and i dealt with you know the alcoholism at washington and usc it got worse you know and you know he had to reinvent himself he had to find himself and no, I think he did that, and I, I just think that makes him more personable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really going to help these kids because in this day and age that we're in now, not just from the the issues with a song like The Eyes of Texas, but the mental health aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Something that I think people need to talk more about. Sure. I'm very open about my struggles and yeah. what I went through and how close I came to ending it all mm-hmm. and back in 2016. And I I think people need to be more open about it. But that's the thing with him is he kind of gives you that. You know, he gives you like, hey, I'm, I will tell you all about my struggles. He's, he's not shy about talking about it. And I think it just makes it more personable, which is only going to help with developing those relationships and improving the recruitment aspect at the University of Texas. Let's be honest. They got the money. Yeah. They got the facilities. They got the history. All they needed was the head coach. And that's what I've been preaching for the last year. <laughs> the head coach. That people should listen more to Patrick Khan. That's pretty much what I get because exclusive news drops on Locked on College Football, as you guys know. Now, uh, sorry, got stuck. Steve is bringing on some friends from Alabama. Kyle Flood is joining as offensive coordinator. What do you know about Kyle and what are you excited about his potential for the offense? Uh, well, my first thing is I'm happy he's not Herb Hand, uh, the previous <laughs> offensive line coach. You know, it's just interesting because Kyle Flood, he was with Steve Sarkeesian uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. He followed him to Tuscaloosa where he became the offensive line coach this past year. His offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, given to the best offensive line in college football. Mm-hmm. That excites me because that is a recruiting tool. This guy Absolutely. coached the best offensive line in college football. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to play for him? Right. Now, you could say, well, they're not going to have the Alabama athletes. You know, Alabama recruits very well. They're able to get any offensive lineman they want, right? Well, I think having him and his expertise is going to help. We've already seen a difference in the style of recruiting. Mm-hmm. Moore is all, or more, uh, Kyle Flood is already going after talented guys that Texas wasn't even looking at. The number one and number two offensive tackles in the country. Didn't have an offer from Texas, which shocked me. I was like, why? <laughs> why are you not? And it's, you know, it's almost to the point of like, well, what if they say no? Then you're in the same spot you're in now. Right. Just recruit them because 
if you don't, there's you can't get a yes if you never ask the question. Hundred percent. And you know, so I mean, it's like on the office. Michael Scott said, "You miss on you know sh- shots you don't take." Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> um, but you know, it it that's like one of the things that I enjoyed, and I think that you know, given that he's coached at the NFL level, he's coached at the premier level of the SEC at Alabama. It doesn't get any more premier than that, right? You know, so he has those experiences that he can pull from. Um, and I think he's actually going to help a lot with the recruiting because Texas is able to recruit almost every position. Yeah. Except offensive line for whatever <laughs> reason. They haven't been able to recruit the offensive line. And I put a lot of blame. I mean, I probably put 90% of the blame on Herb Hand <laughs> because we saw this at Auburn. He did yeah. the same thing at Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's doing it at Texas. It's like, it's like he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I love to talk to him. You know, we talk about barbecue and grilling and all these things. He's great. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a good football coach. <laughs> and and so they bring in Flood. And that's what it got me excited because I think it's going to improve the play. And they have some young talent that I'm really excited to see how he develops them as far as at the center position and your offensive tackle. There you go. And that seems to be the nuts and bolts of it. Now let's flip over to defense. And you have Pete. Mm, let me help you out here quick kowski there you go <laughs> i said i practiced it like three times but i said you know what i'd rather the experts go ahead and drop the name so pete is coming in on the defensive side and he is about to make everything so much better right oh absolutely love <laughs> pk that's what uh sark calls him anyway okay pete Kwiatkowski's defense is a little different because he runs this two four five defense now you hear two four five and you're like what it's a little different. They run yeah. two defensive tackles up front. Your four linebackers, you have two inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. What's like a 3-4 defense? Right. Your two outside linebackers are what they call jacks. If you want to know what a jack is, go back and watch the 2020 season. Watch Joseph Asai. That's a jack. He's that <laughs> hybrid linebacker pass rusher. That's mm-hmm. what they're using, right? So that's where their four-man front comes from. It's the two guys standing up uh, in two-point stance next to the two defensive tackles, inside linebackers. And then in the back level, you got five defensive backs, your typical corners, your nickel corner. You got your free safety. You usually play single high, so he's going to protect the back end. And then you have a guy that's a rover, and that's kind of a – he's a combination of a safety and linebacker. Mm-hmm. Think Buda Baker at Washington. Whew. Guy did everything. That's some heat, yep. yeah. Yeah, that, that's some heat. That's probably his best part. But you look at it, and you look at what – Kwiatkowski did at, at Boise State and then at Washington. Washington had one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to bring that to Texas, and he's going to marry that with the new passing game coordinator, Terry Joseph, out of Notre Dame. The reason why Terry Joseph is here is because his secondary did so well against Alabama, and Steve Sarkeesian said, I want that guy. If he can stop my def- or my offense, yeah, what can he do to other defenses? That's why they brought him in. So they're marrying those two. Really, I mean, he's the passing game coordinator. He's going to be in charge of the secondary. But that that's exciting because you're, he's he's seeing who's done well against him, and he brought him here. Kwiatkowski was a pain in his ass, so he brought him here. That's <laughs> you know that that's what he's doing. He's looking at My guys going, well, because Saban had told him when you establish your your staff. Mm-hmm. don't go with your friends he goes go with who's gonna be the best mm. who are your best guys and that's why he's looking at those guys and he says 
I want that guy from Washington. I want that guy from Notre Dame. You know, I'm going to go over here to Ole Miss. I'm, I'm going to talk to my best friend, Lane Kiffin. I'm going to take his his special teams guy. I'm going to bring him over here. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what he's doing. And I, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, and if you're interested in reading about it, I did a Texas translation series mm-hmm. on longhornswire.usatoday.com where I talked about those the three levels of the defense and who could project into those positions. Yeah, that's so interesting that you mentioned not bringing along your friends because I think, you know, again, for Steve to get a winning opportunity, he is going to have to bring in guys who can execute, especially with the pressure that is coaching at Texas. But Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about coaching trees all the time, you're like, oh, well, somebody's part of their tree or somebody's buddy or they grew up together, you know, all those kind of things. So that's very unique in this situation. Yeah, and I think that's where coaches get in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm going to bring in my buddy. Yeah, your buddy's going to get you fired is what he's going to do. So don't do that. Uh, I mean, I mean we, we, we could talk about that. That's a college-level thing. That's a high-school-level thing. That's a pro-level thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see it all over. Nepotism is, is terrible, but it seems like his two years, two-plus years, because that was his second stint at Alabama under Nick Saban, I think did him well, taught him a lot about how to run a successful program, and you're seeing that with some of the guys that he brought in. Yeah, but I yeah I agree with you, and I also think that at the end of the day, we get that told that lesson 100% in every industry. Don't do business with your friends because your friends are going to assume you're going to give them way more slack or you know mm-hmm. let them go free. And at the end of the day, when your job is based on wins and losses, you don't have that you know leash and grace to give them necessarily when they're not performing up to snuff. And Texas is high snuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do well, all the time, but maybe they'll be prepared because they have their built bars which is the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are 100 covered in chocolate built bar is even more delicious if you're a health conscious person like me you'll enjoy built bar because it's low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for the keto diet go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order Tune in to all of our local hosts on their respective podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network has everything you're looking for. Great hosts, great content, and awesome guests. As we round out today's episode, again, thanking Patrick for coming on, talking Longhorns. So the ceiling is the roof. I'm going to give you my Michael Jordan Carolina reference. There is nothing stopping the Texas Longhorns at this point but the Texas Longhorns. They seem to have everything, all the stars aligned to be excellent. Where do you feel nervous about, okay, maybe we're feeling a little too good about ourselves, and where are you comfortable? Like, you know what? Yeah, we are all starting something new. I feel great. I feel great about the running back situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, B. John Robinson is a – he's a sleeping giant, <laughs> I think. And, I, you know, it's it's funny because, again, I'll mention something I've been harping on. Why isn't B. John Robinson getting the rock? <laughs> this guy averaged 8.2 yards per carry. He averaged 8.9 yards per touch. Oh, by the way, he led the team in yards after the catch. He led the team in yards after contact. So why why did he get less than 100 touches this year? You got to feed your mans. Feed them. Yeah, yeah, the only person in – we said this during the bowl game. I said the only person that can stop B. John Robinson is Tom Herman, and he did. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe somebody should hire him as a defensive coordinator because he knows how to slow down the Texas offense. <laughs> uh, I feel good about running back. I'm kind of eh about wide receiver. I'm not terribly concerned, though. I, I think they have the talent. My biggest concern has been what it always has been, the pass rush. 
Okay. You go back since 2014. That's the first year of Charlie Strong. Not once since 2014 has this team had a person record double-digit sacks. Or have a lot of quarterback pressures. So therein lies my problem. Right there. Yeah. 2011 to 2013, they had three players with double-digit sacks. And not a single one since. So they need to be hungrier to you and from a defensive standpoint in order to kind of hang with the top teams of the nation? Yeah, I mean, you go look at, like, even just in their conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Oklahoma, you know, Nick Benito, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Perkins, you know, those guys were good. Uh, Iowa State, they had Daquan Bailey, Mike Rose. You know, they had these guys that could get to the quarterback. At Texas, it was Joseph Asai and a couple of guys. Yeah. Sometimes they would have big games and sometimes they wouldn't. I attributed part of that because they didn't develop good pass rush and maybe they just didn't have enough time under Chris Ash because he only got a year. You know, but – Tom Herman's gone, so that's that's how it happens. You know, you get rid of the head coach, nine times out of ten, most of the staff is gone. Right, right. But here's the great thing. You go back and look at those 2011 to 2013 Texas Longhorn teams. Yeah, they had top talent. Mm-hmm. They were able to get to the quarterback. Do you know who their defensive line coach was? I don't, but enlighten me. Bo Davis. Guess who <laughs> just got hired by Steve Sarkeesian? Bo <laughs> Davis. He knows there what he's go. doing. There he you knows go. what he's doing. He worked at Alabama, but he also was at Texas under Mac Brown from 2011 to 2013. Mm-hmm. And he was able to develop those pass rushers. Now he's back. Oh, yeah, he's pretty good recruiting. I think he got in a little bit of trouble at Alabama, but I digress. Who doesn't get trouble? As long as you don't start paying people in McDonald's bags, I think. There you go. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to talk about the other UT. And yes, right. the other UT, because I don't know a person in America when they hear UT that thinks Tennessee. Mm, Everybody thinks I'll, Texas. I'll tee y'all shade, okay? <laughs> I got all the UT shade. I'm ready. Other UT. O-U-T. Um, yes, I love it. But, uh, yeah, so when you look at the pass rush, that that's concerning. The defensive back end I thought was lacking, but given the amount of interceptions and passes defended that a Pete Kwiatkowski defense typically produces, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly worried. And uh, you could look at Terry Joseph and what he's been able to accomplish. And then they bring in Blake Gideon. Okay. Former four-year starter for the Texas Longhorns as a two-star recruit. Mm. This guy knows all about working hard. He knows all about talent, what it takes to be a starter at the University of Texas. And, of course, that he played here for four years. That played helps. in a national championship. Yeah. You look at it, and you know he knows all that, but he has that level of passion. And by the way, he was one of the top, I think he was the top special teams coach in 2019. The uh, top 2020 special teams coach, Jeff Banks. Mm-hmm. He's also at Texas. So I think the special teams is going to be great. I'm not even worried about special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, defensively, you worry about, I think honestly, it's the trenches on both sides. Okay. It's kind of concerning. Uh, more More so on the defensive side, because I'm questioning who's going to create that pressure. That's going to allow this defense to attack because they're going to need to be on attack mode when they're going up against these high-powered offenses. Understandable. But overall, though, I feel like you're feeling good about Texas' chances of being a top contender next year. I think Texas is going to play in a Big 12 championship next year. Okay. There it uh, goes. I, and, you know, 
I've been called all kinds of stuff on the internet lately because <laughs> I do not believe in Iowa State. I'm sorry. You're a one-hit wonder. Oh. The only reason that they were playing in the Big 12 Championship this year? Mm. Well, Texas had a coaching deficiency, but they've got that fixed. Yeah. Okay. I, I love the spiciness as we round out the end. But, yeah, that there you go. All right, Cyclones, you heard it here first. Maybe we'll bring you back on. We'll have a roundtable discussion and uh, have some Big 12 conversation. Throw all, throw all the hot takes out there. But I, I got plenty of hot takes. <laughs> if you know me, I got hot takes. I will hot take you to death. There we go. Well, Pat, I really appreciate your time. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Yeah, at Pat Sports Guy on Twitter, at Locked On Horns, Monday through Friday, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can also find my work at longhornswire.usatoday.com, but only until January 31st. Woo! Then we got another thing coming. There you go. Are you dropping it today, or are you going to officially like drop it on this episode? I actually have already dropped it. Oh, okay. It's, go it's, ahead. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because I am actually going to the other side of the Red River. Okay. Soonerswire.usatoday.com. That officially starts February first, so I'm actually going to be on both sides. So it's going to be interesting to see how my uh, how my followers <laughs> enjoy that that conversation going back and forth. A hundred percent. Well, so we'll have to have a real roundtable discussion how you feel on both sides. But congratulations on the opportunity. That's great. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys for listening. Again, be smart and safe out there. Hope you guys have a happy Monday and take care.